Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 and welcome to episode two of the Everyday Eagle podcast. We hope you survived the conference tournament and are ready to talk some postseason baseball with us. Tonight, I'm joined by that Sultan of SWAT, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? What's happening, guys? What's happening? Good to be back for another episode. Good to have some more postseason ball in Hattiesburg to talk about. I know, man. You're, you made it to the second episode. I feel like we should have a Netflix special or something coming up next. Hey, man, I didn't get kicked off after episode one, so that's a plus. That's true. That's true. Well, you have a very special guest tonight. Um, We're going to let you introduce him. I sure do. I'm bringing in a guy that uh, you don't have to look hard to find him at any Southern Miss sporting event. He's been a Southern Miss fan for the entire time I've ever known him. Uh, His name is Jonathan Brent. So, Jonathan, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm pumped. Appreciate you hey, having me welcome, on. welcome, Jonathan. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Well, Jonathan, we got a couple questions we like to ask all our guests. And so the first question I want to ask you is, why are you an everyday eagle? Yeah, so I guess I didn't really have a choice. I feel like when, when the, the Lord created me, he kind of dropped me off at the Barnes & Noble on the way to, to this planet on campus. Um, <laughs> so I'm a... A double Southern Miss legacy uh, from Hattiesburg, Oak Grove grad. So both my parents went to Southern Miss, and I had uh, grandparents on each side go, and I had a grandfather that taught at Southern Miss for for quite some time. So there, there are not many weekends in my life where I don't remember going to the Pete or Reed Green or um, or the Rock, uh, going to games growing up, and then um, was able to to be a, a two time graduate of Southern Miss in nineteen and twenty, um, and then also had six or seven high school teammates play at Southern Miss. So being able to kind of have that personal attachment to the university while um, pulling for my friends while I was on campus just kind of made me love it even more and was able to be real involved on campus and was actually elected Mr. Southern Miss my senior year. So um, eat, sleep, and breathe it. I love it. Elected Mr. Southern Miss. Guys, we got royalty on the podcast. I was about to say the king has arrived. The king is here. Jonathan, you mentioned you you uh, graduated twice from Southern Miss. What did you uh, major in? What was your master's in? Yeah, so I graduated uh, bachelor's and master's in, in accounting, and I'm a, I'm a CPA in, in Dallas for KPMG right now. Very cool. All right, our next question we like to ask every one of our guests is, what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? Yeah, so I guess this may not be the most popular answer. Uh, It's a regular season game, but it was, I guess, the first game of my sophomore year, I think. Uh, We play Kentucky in football, and that's a 10- or 11-hour drive. Me and some friends kind of towards the last minute decided to go and we kind of loaded up on Friday and started heading north. And we had one sentence that we probably said in the car 20 times. And it was, don't lay an egg, don't lay an egg, don't lay an egg. And we get up to Lexington, we find our seats. And the first half of that game, we did exactly that and, and laid an egg. And we're probably down, I think, 18 points at half and didn't really have any rhythm for anything. And then I think everybody knows the how the rest of that game plays out. It just seems like everything clicked and we 
have one of our bigger comebacks in school history. First SEC win of the of the 2000s, maybe second. Um, just just an awesome an awesome road trip with uh, a ton of friends that I didn't even know were going. We we saw in the we kind of made our own little student section up in, in Lexington. That was my favorite Southern Miss memory. That's awesome, man. It's always more fun to enjoy the Eagles with a good group of friends. That ain't a win for sure. Yeah, and I, and I got a confession here. The game you're talking about, I was watching that game at home. And at halftime, I left the room and didn't watch the second half until my wife called me back in the room about the third or fourth quarter. So I had seen enough by halftime and walked out and just assumed we were just outmatched that day. And, man, what a comeback. I had to go back and backtrack and see how we actually did it. You know what we call those fans, right, Lane? I know. I know. I'm not a fair weather fan, but I just, you know. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I was just – I, there was some stuff to do. It was on a Saturday. I'm sure I went piddling in the other room doing something, and then piddling. Wife went just piddling. called me over. So, but uh, that's all. That's awesome, Jonathan. Thank you for sharing that with us. So uh, glad Absolutely. to have Jonathan on the show with us tonight. He's got some good insight mm-hmm. for us uh, into this next week and um, looking back at the last at the conference tournament that we just played in. So. That being said, I think, Chuck, I think it's time to get this show on the road. Let's get it on the road, man. Holy cow! All right, so, Jonathan, the holy cow segment is an opportunity for us to say what Southern Miss player made us say holy cow last weekend. So we'll start with Chuck here. Chuck, from the conference tournament, what Southern Miss player made you say holy cow? I, well, I'm going to have to give my Holy Cow player of the weekend to Mr. Danny Lynch. Uh, he had three hits and a run scored against UAB. Um, kind of struggled against UTSA, uh, but of course everybody did. Then he had two hits, an RBI, and two runs scored against FAU, and he made the all-tournament team. So Danny played a heck of a uh, a tournament, in my opinion. So I have to give Danny Lynch my Holy Cow player of the week. I agree with that. That's a good one right there. Danny actually had four doubles on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So you don't have Danny doubles without Danny Lynch. So that's he's, true. He's really seeing it well right now. He went eight for 15 on the weekend. So wow. uh, just all around good weekend for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. If McDonald's is looking for a sponsor for their McDoubles, you may want to give Danny a call. <laughs> McDoubles. I like it. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, what Southern Miss player this past weekend made you say, holy cow? Yeah, so my holy cow player of the week is going to go to Tyler Stewart. Um, he came in in that, that uh, second UTSA game and really kind of had his best outing of the year is what I would consider it. He went four innings with uh, three Ks, one hit, um, three hits, one walk, sorry, Um and that was the first time he had gone more than two innings since that Southeastern game um, in early April. So he he is the guy, the one guy on the staff, maybe all year, that uh, has a zero next to his name in the run column against that UTSA offense that just gave us fits. So um, that's a really encouraging development um, when it comes to a weekend where you're looking at three, maybe four, maybe five games. Um, so I hope he can keep that going. But he was great this weekend. Absolutely, Jonathan. Spot on, man. I absolutely agree with you there. He he did his job. He kept us in the game. Mm-hmm. 
He gave us a chance to come back. We actually looked like we were coming back at one point that game. We pulled it within two runs late. Uh, just couldn't hold on to it to give us another chance. But he, I felt like he really gave us a shot. All right, so my holy cow player is Hunter Riggins. Uh, Hunter Riggins, he got the win against FAU. We all know that. He threw 7.1 innings pitched, had 7 Ks and 3 walks. Uh, the big thing here, guys, is Hunter Riggins ate up a bunch of innings that day for us. Uh, his pitch count went, it's the highest I've seen it go. Now, obviously, I'm a stat guy, and I hadn't really seen his numbers go higher than that, but he was up, he was well above 100 pitches by the time they pulled him out. It was one of those deals I started saying, like, in the fifth inning, this might be his last inning, and he just kept coming back and coming back and coming back, and he was just a workhorse for us against FAU that day and really gave our bullpen a chance to kind of catch their breath and brace themselves for that UTSA game that we had coming up after that one. So Hunter Riggins, great job, great performance, very impressive. Yeah, in retrospect, that he threw the game that made Quintus a regional host too. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're in the spot we're in right now if he doesn't do that. Honestly, I'd be I'd venture to say that we might not be. You know, uh, we most likely wouldn't be. Right, and they call him Big Rig for a reason. And I mean, he just kept getting you know after that, what was it, the second or third inning that he did the three walks. He just kept getting stronger and stronger after. The more he threw, the stronger he got. So I was I was very – I think that was the best game he's pitched all year. Yeah, I love the body language he had too. He just had this, you know, I'm not coming out body language, and I, it was fun to watch. So some other notables from the conference tournament, guys. Uh, Chris Sargent, he had two doubles. Slade Wilkes had a home run, and it was a moonshot. If you saw, it was crushed. Did you guys see that live? I know, Chuck, you were there, and Pate was there. Did y'all Did y'all get to see that live? It was crushed. I was there, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and Blake Johnson hits another home run. Guys, Blake's putting together quite a campaign here at the end of the season. You know, he missed a lot of time during the season. He's really kind of come alive the past few weeks for us. Uh, Dustin Dickerson hit a double. What else is new? That's he's our team leader in doubles, and he's he's a good hitter. Been a good hitter all season. Uh, Carson Pato hit a double, and Reese Ewing hit a double. And Reese Ewing guys had probably the best catch I've ever seen in person against FAU. It it, it absolutely was. I mean, that saved the game right there. Um, I think if that would have went over, that um, Riggins would have been done after that. Um, so I think that gave Riggins a shot in the arm, the whole team a shot in the arm. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal catch. Phenomenal. Yeah, you can venture to say that was the defensive play of the year for sure. That was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And he, I wonder if Riggins followed through with the state comment. You know, in the post game, he said he owed uh, – he said he owed Ewing a steak, and so I kind of, I wonder if he followed through on it or not. I kind of inquiring minds want to know, and where was the steak from? Because you can't, you can't just get a That's steak right. from anywhere, you know. That's right, Riggins. We want information. So, 
Uh, moving on, some pitchers uh, noticeables. Uh, Tanner Hall, uh, he got the win against UAB through 6.1 innings pitch. He gave up two earned runs, but he did Tanner Hall-like things. Ten strikeouts, one walk. So, very impressive on his end. We'll talk more about his overall numbers in a little bit, but they are mighty, mighty impressive. Uh, Landon Harper, uh, he he got the save. That's his 11th of the season. Uh, he threw 1.2 innings pitch, had three Ks. He did that against UAB. Dalton Rogers pitched against UAB and FAU. Uh, and pitched well in both of those games. So that kind of sums up the Conference USA tournament as far as our really notable guys that did something, you know, really eye-popping during the tournament. So with that being said, are you guys ready to turn the page and look toward what we've got next? On to the future. Absolutely. Fast forward button. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So let's move forward to the next segment. Can't wait. All right, guys. Can't wait moment coming up for this weekend. We're going to start with Lane. Lane, what is your can't wait moment for this upcoming weekend? All right. So what I can't wait to see, and I know I mentioned how Coach Oz was going to use our pitching in the conference tournament. I don't want to sound too redundant here and say the same thing over and over, but what I can't wait to see this week isn't necessarily the usage of the pitchers, but it's how effective our pitchers are going to be against a really offensive-powered regional. Uh, Several teams, we're going to talk about them uh, coming up in the next segment after this one. But there's a lot of offense in this regional here in Hattiesburg, a lot of big offenses. And we have, on paper, the best pitching staff in this regional. So I want to see if our strength can knock down the strength of these other teams. I got faith in them. I just want to see it. Yeah, I think uh, one interesting point there, uh, like you mentioned, our guys are are young, specifically in Hall and Waldrop, but both of those guys have thrown valuable high-leverage situations in the postseason before last year. Uh, Waldrop throwing um, some really high-stress innings against Tech in the, in the conference championship in Ruston last year and doing well, and I'm pretty sure he threw a good bit against Florida State in the regional, and then Tanner Hall was your, your hero of that Ole Miss game on Sunday night, shutting the door those last four or five innings, so not only will they be young, but they'll also be experienced in these situations too. It's not like it's their first time in the, the June spotlight. Absolutely. So Jonathan, what can you not wait to see this weekend? This may be kind of a, a basic answer, but I just can't wait to see the Pete this weekend. Uh, like I said earlier, I live in Dallas, so I haven't been able to make it down to the Pete as much as I'd want to this year. Um, and I, li- I lived on campus in 2017 for the last time we hosted the regional. And I mean, you could just feel, feel the atmosphere is different. I mean, all the way in the, in the dorm room I lived in that weekend. I mean, there was, the place was packed. You've got ESPN cameras in there, the ESPN signage everywhere. Um, I've already, the amount of tickets I've gotten, ticket text message requests I've gotten about this regional and um, from LSU fans, from Southern Miss fans and friends. I, I just can't wait to see it packed. I was blown away by that crowd on, Friday morning at 10 a.m. last weekend against UTSA, and it's going to be even more packed than that. So I, I just can't wait to, to see all these Golden Eagle fans at the Pete this weekend for some June baseball. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be fun, man. Going into this season, you know, you got your own kind of what you want to see out of the team going into the season. And for me, you know, everybody wanted the national seed. I think that's safe to say we all were hoping for that 
number seven or number eight seed going into this tournament. But at the, at the start of the season, if you had told me Southern Miss would be the 11 seed and hosting, I would have been just thrilled as I could be. So I'm excited. We got everything we want in front of us, and I agree with you, man. The Pete's going to be rocking and rolling this weekend. It's going to be fun to see. Cannot wait. All right, Chuck, what about this weekend makes you say, I can't wait? Well, you know, Jonathan touched on it a little bit about the youth of our um, starting pictures, you know, other minus Riggins, of course. But I can't wait to see how they react being on this big stage. This is a third time hosting for Southern Miss. Um, you know, Tanner Hall earlier this year pitched against State, pitched against uh, Alabama, pitched against Ole Miss. Um, so he had a lot of great games um, at the beginning of the year, and he had a lot of great games at the end of the year. So I'm anxious to see um, what they do and how this young team reacts to being under the spotlight, national spotlight. Like you said, we are a national uh, 11 seed, um, the highest that Southern Miss has ever been. So I'm anxious to see how they react to it. Absolutely. And I got a fact for you here, Chuck. The last time the Golden Eagles played LSU in postseason, Dustin Dickerson was a senior in high school. Oh, wow. And he wasn't the only one, too. There's a lot of guys on our team that was, but he's just the one that jumped out to me because I just – I remember we were we were losing a shortstop at the end of that season, and everybody just yeah. kept talking about Dustin being the kind of the air replacement at shortstop as a freshman, and he's done well at doing that. But, I mean, you know, you talk about the young guys. Look at what happened in the regional last year. They got up there and the bats just went mm-hmm. crazy. So, and I think that's going to have to happen this year, too. Absolutely. I mean, the bats mm-hmm. just went crazy in Oxford last year, and that's that's what we hope happens with us this year, and we yeah. know we can do it. So Yeah. And so Dust, you said Dustin was a senior in high school the last time LSU played? Yeah, last Southern time we played in LSU regional. in a regional, we were in Baton Rouge. So that would have made Gabe, what, 35 then when that happened? <laughs> I was Gabe, about to say, man. That's, my, that's my favorite grade school stat with this team is that right. uh, Carson Pato was an eighth grader when Gabe's, uh, Gabe's first year on campus. That's wow. amazing. Wow, we're just kidding, Gabe. That's amazing. That's a great stat. You know, I saw a stat today that said of all active players in college baseball, Gabe is leading the nation in career starts. Number one. Hey, I wish he had one more year with us, baby. I'd love to have him one more year. The mayor of Baseburg, boys. He's number That's one. That's right. That's right. So, Hey, Gabe, if you're listening and you don't go pro, I have a great co-ed softball tournament uh, team that we can put you on. So just let me know, man. I'll sign you right away. You won't even have to try out. <laughs> all right. So with all that being said, guys, I think that leads us into we're obviously talking about the regional. We've kind of been jumping at the bit to get moving with it. So let's go ahead and get this regional rundown going. So I'll get us started off right here and talk about the number one seed, the Golden Eagles, Southern Miss. We uh, Most of you know about our guys, but I'm still going to touch on our team and touch on some of our guys right here and tell you, you know, who the statistical leaders are, who to be watching for. So uh, Southern Miss were 43-16 and 16 this season. Um, we went 2-2 two and two in our conference tournament. Our last three series, we are two and one in those. We swept Middle Tennessee the last uh, series of the season. We went two and one versus UTSA the weekend before that. 
And then the weekend before that, we went one and two versus Old Dominion. So we already mentioned some key players here. We've been kind of touching on some of this already. Gabe Montenegro has started the most games on the team. He started the most games in the entire country. Uh, so he's a, uh, He's a guy that's been around for a long time for us, some statistical leaders for us. Uh, batting average-wise, you got two guys batting over 300 right now on the on, in the lineup. That's Dustin Dickerson. Leads the team with a 346 batting average. Rodrigo Montenegro, Gabe's little brother, he is at 314. And, uh, and Rodrigo's kind of platoon mate back there at catcher, the guy who, who – subs in and out with him Blake Johnson he's batting 295 we talked about him earlier hitting a home run in the conference tournament he's really come alive as of late he dealt with a broken hand earlier in the season and came back and he's really starting to find his stride late so I think those two offensive minded catchers are going to be big for us in this tournament and then the other leader at batting average is Slade Wilkes batting 293 Aside from that, uh, as far as extra base hits go, not looking at home runs, Dustin Dickerson leads the way with that. He's got 23 doubles. Slade Wilkes has 16 doubles. Peyto has 14. So those are kind of your guys there as far as extra base hits. Danny Lynch, we mentioned, has come alive as of late and been a doubles machine for us. Uh, Home run-wise, Christopher Sargent leads the team in homers with 20. Uh, Will McGillis comes in second with 15, Carson Pato with 13, and Reese Ewing and Slade Wilkes both come in after them with 10 each. And RBIs kind of follow right along that same that same pattern. Sargent leads the team in RBIs with 54. Will McGillis is after him, then Pato after him. So that's your that's your rundown there. We don't run a whole bunch. We don't try to steal a bunch of bases. Our two leaders there are Will McGillis and Dustin Dickerson, each with six steals. Uh, and then we go to pitching. Pitching, I mentioned it earlier, is kind of our strength. We, on paper, have the best pitching staff in this regional. Looking at our pitchers, obviously we mentioned Tanner Hall got the win in the conference tournament against UAB. He's He's been our Friday night guy. It'll be interesting to see if we pitch him against Army or if we hang on to him and let him throw against LSU. But he, or, or Kennesaw State, whoever makes it to us that second game, but Tanner Hall has a 2.69 ERA on the season. He's 8 and 2 overall. Here's the stat that tells who Tanner Hall is to me. Okay, and this stat to me just jumps off the page better than anything. 130 strikeouts to 11 walks is Tanner Hall. That's unbelievable. So Hunter Riggins comes in next. He's a 2.75 ERA guy. He's 8-4 on the season, 79 strikeouts, 20 walks. Hurston Waldrop, 2.99 ERA, 6-1 on the season, 117 strikeouts, 27 walks. Waldrop has some electric stuff. He's got really, really good stuff on the mound, so we're going to need him to really tap into that. Uh, out of the bullpen, you got we've got a strong bullpen, but it's really led by these three guys here, Dalton Rogers, uh, Landon Harper, and Garrett Ramsey, those are the three leaders in saves. They're the leaders in strikeouts out of the bullpen and the leaders in ERA. So Landon Harper leads the way with 11 saves, Rogers with six, Ramsey with four. And that, those guys kind of, they come in late in ball games and they've done a pretty good job of shutting it down. So 
that's Southern Miss at a glance. Those, those are the guys you're going to be watching this weekend, everyday Eagle fans, and that's that's who to look for and who's been hot, who's been who's been our statistical leaders, and kind of what to expect from them. So with that, Southern Miss will play Army on Friday at 1 o'clock. And, Chuck, you have the rundown on the Army Black Knights. Yeah, so the number four seed, Army Black Knights. Um, so this team, I'm not going to go into a lot of depth on them. They don't. They hit for contact, not really for a whole lot of power. Um, I think they hit a lot of singles. Their uh, average five on their lineup are hitting over 300. But with that being said, the team total for home runs is only 31 compared to Southern Miss's 77. And then if you match that with RBIs, the team total for Army's RBI is 320 compared to Southern Miss's 347. Um, they are 31 and 23 on the year. They are from the Patriot League. Uh, your top offense comes from number 13, Sam Ruda, who has a 385 batting average, um, which is really, really good. But he's only hit six home runs and only has 35 RBI. Uh, second is Frederick Ross, number five. He has a 346 batting average, six home runs, 49 RBI. And then number 25, Nick Manises, who has a 308 and a team best, seven home runs, 49 RBI. Now flip to the pitching side of Army. From what I can tell, uh, I feel like they're more of a Johnny Holstaff thing. I feel like number 44, uh, Connolly Early, will be pitching against us Friday. They haven't announced that, so I don't know. Um, but he has a 3.39 ERA with a 7-3 record and 79 innings pitched. The closest uh, for innings pitched to uh, Connolly is number 12, Robbie Buecher. Uh, he has a 6.42 ERA, a 1-5 record with 54 innings pitched. And then shortly after that, you got 30, Number 30, Brian Dawson with a 3.88 ERA, 4-2 record, 51 innings pitch. Now, if you look at all the rest of their pitchers, they're 30 innings, 20 innings, 19 innings, 18 innings. So I feel like they're going to try to piece together their pitching staff. So I hope that our bats can um, come alive against that and we can knock a few of their pitchers around. Uh, thank you for serving our country, but we hope we beat you. All right. And then the – thank you, Chuck. And then the the night game Friday night is LSU versus Kennesaw State. Jonathan has our rundown on the LSU Tigers. Yeah, so when you think that, that you start to see that we're in a, a position to potentially host a regional and LSU is kind of on that bubble of a, a host or a two seed, and after they run in Hoover, you realize they, they probably aren't. And it's kind of the writing on the wall that they'd end up here, and that's exactly what happened. Um, been a real kind of up and down year for LSU more so than I, I would assume their fans are used to uh, the last four four or so weeks are kind of a, a microcosm of their year they they go two or three versus Georgia two or three versus Bama then get swept for the first time in school history and in, in Baton Rouge to Ole Miss and then come back and sweep Vanderbilt for the last series of the regular season um, before going one and two in, in Hoover with going one and one against Kentucky and then losing to number one Tennessee so kind of all all over the place, up and down year. Um, as far as common opponents go, like I said earlier, they, they were swept by Ole Miss. They did sweep Mississippi State. They lost two to Louisiana Tech, lost one to UNO, and then beat Tulane. Um, so above 500 record. 
um, against our common opponents, just like we have an above 500 record against those teams as well. Um, as far as their players to watch go, I'll start on the hitting side of the ball. This is a lineup that um, on paper probably stacks up against any in the country. Not only do they have two guys that will probably be first-rounders, they have two guys that have a chance to be back-to-back first overall picks, depending on what team is picking, um, which is pretty bizarre. Um, the first of those guys is draft-eligible this year. His name is Jacob Berry. He's actually had a broken finger that's kind of set him back the last few weeks. But I was listening to a, a Jay Johnson interview, their head coach today, saying that he expects both them and Braden Joe Barrett, who will – or Kay Doty. Um, some of these guys are banged up. Um, but he expects both of them back this weekend. Barry is hitting 381 with 15 bombs, um, 47 ribbies, and 1135 OPS. And then the other guy that may go 1 1 next year is Dylan Cruz. Um, he's hitting 345 with 21 home runs, 68 RBIs, and 68 runs, uh, 1146 OPS. He, I believe, was just named Co SEC Player of the Year as well. I mean, guys behind them, you have Trey Morgan, who's hitting. Uh, 318, 871 OPS, 75 hits, 17 doubles, five bombs. Gavin Dugas is sitting over 300 as well, 308, um, with 24 RBIs, 25 runs. Um, and uh, like I said, the, the lineup's deep. They've got uh, nine guys hitting over 285. Uh, they're top 20 in America with 107 bombs. Um, they they can hit the baseball. Um, and one through nine for sure. Um, and then pitching wise, it's kind of a different story. It's not, it's not the Ole Miss staff. We've kind of come accustomed to watching. It's more of a, by committee, they've had a lot of shuffling in their rotation. Um, they started the year with Blake money as their ACE um, Friday guy, but he's, he's kind of been switched to longer relief um, for the season. Got a five, two ERA with a one, three, eight whip and opponents are hitting two sixty four against him. Um, the guy that they've started throwing on Fridays more is Mikhail Hilliard. Um, He's got a 404 ERA, 138 whip, um, 71 innings, 80 hits, 18 walks to 68 strikeouts. But opponents are hitting 273 against him, so he's more of your, your pitchability guy, nothing, nothing overpowering, but a really good curveball if it's on. Um, and then Ty Floyd is a the guy they've started starting some games um, later in the year. Um, he's got a 35 ERA, 113 whip, um, 63 strikeouts to 23 walks and the opponents are only hitting 192 against him. So he's a guy that's kind of, kind of live a more, little more by the fastball, uh, a little more velocity behind it. And then in, in relief, they have Eric Reiselman with three saves. He's got a three, six ERA in 40 innings with 64 Ks to 16 walks. Then Paul Gervais, who is the guy I saw today, who is pretty much guaranteeing that LSU would host a super regional. If anybody wants to get some bulletin board material from that video I saw on Twitter today, he, uh, he has a 2-1 ERA with a .9 whip um, in 34 innings, five saves, 49 strikeouts, 12 walks, and opponents are only hitting 154 against him. Um, but after that, there's been a whole lot of shuffling, not a lot of consistency. Um, but wherever they lack in their arms, their their bats have more than made up for it this year. Thank you, Jonathan. And, uh, yeah, so definitely some big bats there. I saw that video today that you mentioned. Uh, I actually retweeted that. It was something else. So They are probably uh, one of five programs in this country that can come into a regional with that kind of confidence and very well follow through with it. Yeah. <laughs> the others so, would, would lose 100 times out of 100% something like that. Yeah. So we got, a, we got our hands full there. 
No doubt, but hopefully our pitching staff can do what they've done all season and quiet the bats, and our bats will come alive like they did last year. If we get to them, we got to get to them first, you know. So, um, so playing LSU to, uh, Friday night will be Kennesaw State. I have the rundown on Kennesaw State. So Kennesaw State is thirty-five and twenty-six this season. Uh, they were the A-Sun tourney champs. Okay, they went three and two in that tournament, but they beat Liberty in the championship game to win it. Their last three series, they're two and one. They beat Liberty two uh, two one. They beat Stetson two one, and then they lost to Florida Gulf Coast one and two. So um, they're kind of on a bit of a hot streak right now, going through their conference tournament, winning it. So uh, they've had some rounds with Liberty a bunch. So um, so definitely they're. They're not a team to take lightly at all. And, guys, as I looked at the numbers here, really, Kennesaw State is hitting the ball very well. They are a really good offense. And we mentioned earlier when I when I talked about how my can't wait was seeing how well our pitching staff stacks up against the offense in this regional. You know, Chuck alluded to Army having a bunch of high batting average guys. And Jonathan talked about LSU and, and some of their big bats that they got and big prospects they got. Well, Kennesaw State, guys, on paper, is every bit as good as these other teams were playing uh, offensively. They can really, really hit the ball, and they're led offensively by Josh Hatcher. I'm excited to see this guy play this weekend. He's number 13 for Kennesaw State. And, uh, guys, listen to this stat line here. He has a 386 batting average. He has... 13 home runs. He has 55 RBIs. He's leading the team in stolen bases with 11. He is one of the, he's, I think, second in the country in doubles with 25, and he is leading the country in hits with 103 hits. Very, very, very impressive offensive profile by Josh Hatcher there. And the name sounds familiar. If it does, Jonathan. Jonathan called me out on this earlier and pointed this out to me, so I'm going to have him say it. Jonathan, how should we know Josh Hatcher's name in Hattiesburg? Yeah, so this is actually not Josh Hatcher's first trip to Pete Taylor Park. He uh, he played for Mississippi State, as a, I believe, as a true freshman year. He started at first base for them, and that, that year that we opened uh, our season at the Pete with the sweep of Mississippi State, he actually um, was probably there – only spotlight on the offensive side of the baseball. He had two three-hit games to start the series, one of those off Nick Salen, and then that Saturday game came back and hit a bomb. So he uh, he has enjoyed his short time at the Pete so far. I'm sure he's looking forward to be back. But he, I guess, got lost in the shuffle in that, that national championship offense the last few years, I guess, with Luke Hancock at first and those guys they had in the outfield and kind of found Kennesaw in the portal and I knew he had been there. Uh, I'd seen some clips of him with some clutch hits for Kennesaw uh, on Twitter this year, but uh, I had somebody remind me at the selection show yesterday that uh, that's where he ended up, and that's where he is. So he will be making a return trip to Pete this weekend. Yeah, he was playing first base for Mississippi State, if I remember correctly. and uh, He was. He is, he is excited to be back. Cause I, I looked today on Twitter, and I don't – you know, for whatever reason, it just popped up Josh Hatcher's Twitter page – uh, popped up on, you know, the stuff you might follow. I've been looking at so much Hattiesburg regional stuff and Hatcher tweeted out excited to come back to Mississippi. So 
you know, it, it's kind of a homecoming game for him. So he's one to really watch, guys. He'll be fun to watch, I think. I'm looking forward to seeing 13 Josh Hatcher, one of the better hitters in the country statistics-wise. So some other guys on their team to watch for. They got five guys hitting over 300 in their lineup, which is pretty good. Uh, another one that's a big-time hitter for them is Donovan Cash. Uh, I would venture to say he's their second-best hitter. Uh, he's number 25. He's batting 356. Uh, is his batting average. He has 10 home runs, uh, 57 RBIs. He's second on the team in RBIs. Uh, he is second on the team in doubles with 20. So Donovan Cash has put together a really good season. Uh, another Cash on their team, Cash Young, is leading the team in home runs with 17. <clears throat> he doesn't have the 300 batting average like all these other guys do, but he certainly makes up for it with uh, with his pop with the bat, and he has 58 RBIs, which is the team-leading RBI guy, too. So number four, Cash Young, he's their power guy. And then Tyler Simons, another one that stuck out to me, number two. He's batting 319 on the season. Uh, he has 12 doubles, but Tyler Simons, uh, he's – So he's he's another one that's been contributing a lot. Uh, Kennesaw State runs a lot more than Southern Miss and LSU runs. I know Army runs a lot. So you got two teams there that likes to try to steal a bunch of bases. So on the pitching side for Kennesaw State, they have two go-to guys that appear to be their entrenched starters for the season. They got two guys with 15 starts. Uh, number 31, John Bezdesic. Uh, I would assume he's going to start against LSU. He's 5-1 and one on the season with a 3.75 ERA, 81 strikeouts to 31 walks. Uh, pretty good numbers there for a starting pitcher. Uh, and then number 11, Jack Myers, also has 15 starts. He's 5-3 and three on the season with a 4.01 ERA, uh, 65 Ks, and 29 walks. So after those two with 15 starts, you got three other guys uh, Mackenzie Stills has eight starts. Connor Housley has seven starts. And Braden Eidson has seven starts. So it appears that they have three guys to kind of fill in the Sunday ro- uh, role and the midweek role. So those are some guys that we'll probably see this weekend. Out of the bullpen, it's really a story of two guys in my opinion they have one really good pitcher out of the bullpen they like to use a lot smith penson he has 80 strikeouts that puts him up there with john bezdesic as the leader in strikeouts on that team uh smith penson he's number 37 he also has three saves on the year and he's their best era guy out of the bullpen with a four five seven so he's kind of their go-to guy their high leverage guy and after him the guy leading the the guy leading the team in saves is Jared Ryan. He has seven. So that's your rundown on Kennesaw State, guys. That's what you're looking like. A lot of offense coming from these guys. I'm looking forward to seeing the LSU and Kennesaw game Friday night. Should have a lot of offensive fireworks in it. And I'm really excited to see that game. Without a doubt. I hope that that goes 17 innings and they use every arm on their roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Best case scenario there. All right. Well, hey, guys, let's move into the next segment. Um, unless y'all have anything else you want to say about this regional, I thought it'd be fun to do a, a pick with uh with all the 
Division One baseball. Are y'all game? Y'all think you're feeling lucky? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Well, let's start. I have a lot of opinions, Chuck. I'm ready for do that. You, do you? I don't, I, well, I don't know if the listeners are ready. Hopefully they are. All right. <laughs> All right. The first uh, one we're going to look at is we're going to look at Tennessee, number one seed, obviously, national seed. Uh, they play Alabama State, the number four seed. And then you got Georgia Tech and Campbell playing the other game. Who do y'all got? Uh, I'll tell you, I'll go first on this one and say, I think Tennessee's probably going to win this regional. Yeah. Seeing as how Tennessee has been really, really good all season. I don't see anybody there. Okay. I, I don't really, Tennessee's really, really good. They, they really are. And everybody knows that, uh, they might have a flop kind of like Arkansas did last year, but I don't see it happening this early in postseason. All right, Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, I think Georgia Tech was a little tougher of a two seed than I thought they'd give Tennessee, but I, I love a good underdog story as much as the next guy, but I, I don't even know David could pull off this one against the, the Goliath, <laughs> Goliath that he looks like so far this year. Good analogy. So I'll take the Vols. Yeah, I took the Volunteers as well. Um, moving down the bracket, you got uh, Georgia Southern as a number one seed against uh, the number, Notre, uh, number two is Notre Dame, number three is Texas Tech, and the number four seed is UNC Greensboro. Lane, who you got? See, this one's tough because I think it's going to come down to the two and three seed game. I think it's going to come down to the Friday game between the two of them, uh, whoever comes out of that in the winner's bracket side. But I'm going to go Texas Tech in this one. I I saw them play earlier this year. They're really impressive. Uh, I know Notre Dame was on the fringe of hosting, and everybody says they got hosed, but – um, I don't know. I've seen Texas Tech with my own two eyes, and I think they're really, really good. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'm going to say they notch Notre Dame. You know, they edge by Notre Dame in the first game and then go on to win the win the regional. So I'm sorry, Sun Belt. I'm going to go ahead and pick against us right now. All right, Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to double down on the three seed here too. I think that the, the Red Raiders have uh, – I've seen it all this year and have some high highs and some low lows with series wins against uh, Texas and, and Oklahoma State not too long ago, uh, but also some, some really cold streaks. But they've they played that going to the Big 12 schedule, and I think that they that kind of experience is going to push them through this weekend in Statesboro. I think this has an argument to be in the toughest region on the field, though. I agree. I, I actually voted on D1 today that this was the toughest regional. I'm going to go against both of you, and I'm going to say the number two seed Notre Dame wins this regional. Um, I just think that they have the talent, and I think they can outlast uh, Texas Tech in that first game. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. You can make a case for them. All right, moving to the next regional. We got uh, the number one seed is Texas. Uh, number two is our arch rival, those Louisiana Tech dogs. Uh, number three, DBU. Uh, and number four, Air Force. Jonathan, who you got, man? Ooh, I can't say I was expecting to go back-to-back three seeds in this little pick them, but I'm going to take DBU, oddly enough. I think that, like I said earlier with Texas Tech, they they played that toughest non-conference strength of schedule in America, so they they've seen they've seen it all. I think that they get by they get by Tech on on Friday, and I think that the the Bass can get them past Texas on Saturday, and they find a way to win another one. I'll take DBU and probably my biggest upset pick of the tournament. Not a bad pick either. DBU's tough. Uh, Lane, what about you, man? 
that is a big upset pick and one I don't have the guts <laughs> to make right now, Jonathan. I'm going Texas in this one. Uh, the home team, I, I just I don't see anybody in that bracket beating them. Or anybody in that regional, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, beating them. I, 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 too, am going with Texas, mainly because I just want to see them in Omaha. Um, I'm hoping we get to get some revenge on them in a, uh, in a championship game, but we'll see. Uh, we should have yeah. beat them now, in 09. We had now, that you say that, now that you say that, I've got some friends in Dallas that said they'd go to Omaha with me if Texas goes. That's where they went, so I guess I should have picked them. <laughs> there you so go, man. I could have a, right. somebody to split gas with. Right. Well, we, me and Lane are going, too, maybe. So, me and Lane and Pace, you can ride with us, man. There we go. If y'all, if y'all don't mind taking a stop in Dallas. There we go, know. man. <laughs> Um, all right, moving to the next regional, we got East Carolina, the number one seed, uh, Virginia, number two, Coastal Carolina, number three, which shocked me they were so low, and then Coppin State, number four. Uh, Lane, who you got? East Carolina's red hot right now, and they're at home. I'm going to I'm gonna ride the hot hand right here and say East Carolina wins their mm-hmm. own regional. I think they win it. I think they win it pretty decisively. I don't think... I don't see them dropping a game in this regional. Oh, that's a big statement. Just being honest. Jonathan, can you follow that up, man? Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen a team go from being unranked two weeks out of the conference tournament time to to a national seed. And on top of that, they're not even in a power league. I think that's what what 17 wins in a row gets you. That's what East Carolina has right now. And I I don't want to be the one picking against them right now either. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, every rainbow goes away. We know that better than anybody. I'm going to have to go with Coastal Carolina wins this one. There's the Sun Belt love. Uh, See, there you go, Sun Belt. We're yeah. here. Yeah, got to show got to show some SBC love. All right, number, let's come down to Texas A&M. You got Texas A&M, number one seed, TCU, number two. Those Raging Cajun Louisiana dogs. Uh, and then number four, Oral Roberts. Who y'all got? Let's go with uh, Jonathan. Who you got first? Ooh, if, if LSU doesn't have the best offense in the country, A&M might. Uh, I think that this is a super interesting regional, uh, just geographically with all these teams in either Texas or the bordering states. Um, not to mention the fact that A&M took TCU's coach this past offseason in, mm. in Schloss. Um, so I, um, I'm going to take the Aggies. Okay. Lane, what about you? You know, I, I think I was talking to y'all about this the other night, and I said I was thinking TCU might upset this regional, but I think I'm going to end up going with A&M here. But I do think TCU makes it interesting. I think TCU forces A&M to have to play an extra game. Um, but I ultimately, I think A&M gets out of this regional. I agree. I think A&M pulls this one out. Um, I'd love to see TCU get some revenge on A&M, but – I mean, who knows? I yeah, I guess secretly I'm pulling for TCU. Game seven. Yeah. I would watch every pitch of an A&M TCU game seven on Monday night. I oh, absolutely. All the, the, the friends I have that are invested there. Mm, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. All right, Big Bat Louisville uh, is a number one seed against two seed Oregon, three seed Michigan, and four seed SEMO. Uh, Lane, who you got? I'm going to go Oregon here. Ooh. I'm going to flip script here and go Oregon. I don't have anything to back up my decision to flip script here, but I'm just going to do it and say Oregon's going to win this regional. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Jonathan, what about you? 
Yeah, I was kind of surprised with the, the the lack of difficulty, I guess, so to say, in the, the 12 overall seeds regional here. Not only are these teams not exactly the, the toughest two or three in the, the regional, they have to travel a good bit. Um, so I'm going to take Louisville here. I agree. I, I take Louisville too. I, I don't think Oregon um, can overcome Louisville. I just don't think they can do it. And to be fair, I have nothing to back up my statement. I just, just felt going, like picking an upset, so going it was my upset. I got you. I got you. I got an upset coming down here. Um, all right, Florida uh, is a number one seed, number two, Oklahoma, number three, Liberty, and number four, Central Michigan. Lane, who you got? Um, I'm going to go Florida. Florida at home. Well, hang on. Who's the two seed? Oklahoma. Oh, you. Oklahoma. Never mind. I'm going Oklahoma for okay. sure. I don't. I don't think Florida is as good this year as they have been in the past. I don't see them being, you know, the Florida of old here. And I just, I think Oklahoma's got a lot to prove. They did get snubbed out of a regional host site, and they felt like they deserved it. They won the Big Twelve. I'm going Oklahoma here. I think Oklahoma gets out of this one. Okay. Jonathan, what about you? I'm going to take the Sooners as well. I think they're they're super hot. I think that if, if the Big 12 scheduled their tournament three hours earlier, they could be a regional host right now after they steamrolled Texas in that championship. Mm-hmm. And I honestly would prefer four as a two-seed in our regional over LSU. I, I, don't, I don't know that they, they fit the bill as a host here. Yeah. Um, so I'll take the Sooners on the hot hand. I agree. I'm a Sooners times three, man. So all three of us picked Oklahoma. Um, all right, moving to the next one. You got Virginia Tech as the one seed, Gonzaga as a two, Columbia as a three, and Wright State as four. Jonathan, who you got? I'm going to take the Hokies. They've they've been playing great all year, and they, they survived the gauntlet of what you – I'll go ahead and say it because I hate the SEC. They survived the best conference in, of the, in the country this year in the ACC that was just so deep um, all year. And – came out as the, the highest-ranked team in, the, in that conference. And so uh-huh. I think that should be rewarded. I think it kind of was with the draw they got in this regional looking pretty favorable. Yeah. So I'll take the Hokies. Okay. Lane, what about you? Hadn't Virginia Tech been, been the number two overall team for the past month, it seems like? They've kind of flip-flopped I mean, with Oregon State. It's all those, those brownish yeah. teams. Brown and yeah, I just feel like they've been just right there all season. So I'm going Virginia Tech here. I think they have well earned their spot. And so mm. I'm going to say they get out of this regional. Okay. Well, this is one of my upsets. I'm going to go Gonzaga. Uh, I don't, I'm like Lane. I don't have a reason. I just got a feeling Gonzaga's going to pull it out. All right. All right. We're going to come over to the side of the bracket that really matters. That's um, right. Yes, sir. You've got Stanford as the number one seed, uh, Texas State as number two, uh, UC Santa Barbara as a three, and Binghamton. I don't know why I can never say that. And that is a number four. Uh, Jonathan, who you got? I'll, uh, this may be a bigger upset than DBU. I'll take the Sun Belt love in, in Texas State here. I think mm. that Stanford's had some head-scratching losses this year, even though they are the, the number two national seed. And they lost to UTSA at the birdbath over this year. Oh wow! So I, I, I'm going to take a flyer that they lose to another uh, not as prominent Texas school in this regional in Texas okay. State. All right, Lane. What about you? I'm going Stanford at home. Oh, okay. I'm not picking an upset in this one. Sorry, Sun Belt. 
No, I, I'm going with Jonathan. I'm going Texas State, too. I think they have the arms to, to, to outlast Stanford. Well, there you go. We can still be a Southern Miss podcast. We got yep. two Sunbelt picks. Two Sunbelt picks. All right. Uh, hey, we're a Southern Miss podcast, not a Sunbelt conference podcast. So That's absolutely that. true. That's right. We don't care what conference we're in. We, we black and gold. Uh, all right. You got Maryland, which blows my mind um, that they have been – you just don't picture Maryland being good at baseball, but maybe maybe that's just me. So number one is Maryland, number two is Wake Forest, uh, three is UConn, and four is LIU. Uh, Lane, who are you going to pick in this one? It is unusual to see Maryland be this good at baseball, and to me this one's kind of a toss-up between them and Wake Forest. I'm going to go Maryland just because they're the home team and they've got a lot of – there's just a lot of excitement over there right now over the recent success they've had, but I very well – I'm going to pick Maryland, but it wouldn't shock me at all to see Wake Forest pull out of this one. Mm-hmm. What say you, Jonathan? Yeah, I'm going to go to the other side of the coin and take Wake Forest. I think that they've they've just like uh, Virginia Tech or they've survived that gauntlet of a, of a schedule in the ACC. And, uh, I think this is Maryland's first time hosting a regional if I heard the selection show right. So I, I'm going to take mm-hmm. it with a, a case of act like you've been there before and when mm-hmm. they haven't and Wake Forest kind of has. I'll, I'll take their bats um, over the Terps. Okay. I'm I'm going to give it to Maryland. I'm going to go against both of you, and I think that they continue to ride the hot hand and swing in the bats, and it may be different when they play uh, Texas State down here in uh, – and Texas and the heat and stuff, but we'll see what happens. I took Maryland, Chuck. I took Maryland. Oh, did you? Yeah, you did. You did. I, I just forgot. stated I could very well be wrong, and I could yeah. easily see that. I got you. My, my dad used to say, I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. That's right. So. I'm just I'm just admitting that this is a faulty pick here, right, the, right. most likely. All right. So this, has got, uh, this next bracket has one of the uh, first-timers for the College World Series. You got North Carolina as the number one seed, number two Georgia, which I'm shocked they got in two, honestly. Number three VCU and first time Hofstra. Who do y'all uh, who do y'all have here? Let's go with Jonathan first. I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels. They are red hot right now. Uh, just made a nice run in the ACC tournament. Uh, kind of grabbed one of these last six regional hosts. So uh, I think Georgia's turning in the opposite direction. So I'll I'll take the Tar Heels here. Mm-hmm. All right, Lane. Yeah, I don't see enough there to make me think there's an upset there, so I'm going uh, North Carolina. Okay, I'm going to go VCU. I think that... uh, VCU? VCU. This is my other... That one surprises me a little bit, Chuck. This is my other uh, upset, the number three seed, VCU. I think that they uh, they pull it out, but we'll see. Is this a gut feeling, or is there something about VCU we need to know? It's a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got uh, Oklahoma State as one seed. That pesky Arkansas team is a two seed. Grand Canyon, number three, and Missouri State, number four. Uh, Lane, who you got, man? I hate to just hug up to the SEC right here, but I think Arkansas wins this regional. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because they've been there, they've done this before, and also because I really don't think Oklahoma State's as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. I, I watch, I tuned in and watched 
a game or two of theirs this year, and they're good. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're a really good baseball team. Mm -hmm. But I don't see them being as good as advertised right now. And I think Arkansas finds a way to get out of that regional. All right, Jonathan, what about you, man? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Brooks. Um, He actually played baseball at Missouri State and is from Stillwater. And the day before the selection show, he actually correctly picked three of these four schools uh, with the exception of Grand Canyon in this region. He picked three of the four? He had Oklahoma State and Arkansas is the two and Missouri State is the four right when they won their tournament. So he I tipped my cap. He he about went four for four there. That's Uh, awesome. So, look, so I, I didn't even get one of them right on Hattiesburg. Right, right. I guess LSU wasn't even caught. Chuck can attest to this. We That's were sitting true. there at the, at the show, and I literally looked at Chuck and said, I think we get Vanderbilt, not LSU. Mm-hmm. So, I got zero. He correct. did. He got. He didn't even know Southern Miss was going to play in the Hattiesburg Regional. It was really, <laughs> really confusing for him. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, we had LSU, but I thought we were yeah. going to have a couple more Louisiana schools in there, too. But I thought this so, is too. probably, if you gave me the – the, other than our regional, of course, if you gave me the, the pick of any of the other 15, one versus two seeds, this is the game I'd watch. Every, this is the game I want to watch in Arkansas and Oklahoma State. And I'm going to go with the Pokes here. I think they, okay. they pull it out at home, but it's won't be easy, that's for sure. Absolutely. I went with Oklahoma State, too. I agree with you. I agree. Um, and I could definitely see Oklahoma State doing it. After saying they're not as good as advertised, they're, they're going to turn around and make a big run right here and make me look stupid. I just know it's going to happen. They're like, we're going to do this to prove Lane wrong. That's what they're going to say in the locker room. I'm giving them, bill- I'm giving them bulletin board material. Yeah, there right you go. There you as go. As we speak. Um, all right. Moving to the uh, bracket that really, really matters. Uh, number one, Miami. Uh, number two, Arizona. Number three, Ole Miss. And number four, Canisius is also their first time. Uh, Lane, who you got? Old Dominion, first off, my condolences to you Absolutely. and to UTSA for not being in this regional. I really don't get it, but whatever. They didn't yeah. ask me. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and also North Carolina State. I mean, I didn't realize they didn't make it in until today. Um, yeah, that, was, this, that was a big snub as well. That's a shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, on this one, I'm going to go with what I hope happens instead of what I think is going to happen. I'm going to say Arizona wins this one. Because I would really like to see Arizona win that one and Southern Miss win our regional, and we get to host a Super with Arizona. Wasn't it Arizona we played in LSU where Gabe hit the walk-off? Wasn't that Arizona? Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, he went and ate bananas afterwards. He did. He did. I think they fired their head coach this year. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, Arizona State had an off year this year. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go Arizona here just because that's what I hope happens, and I hope we handle our business in Hattiesburg and get another week of postseason ball in Hattiesburg. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jonathan, what about this regional? Who you got pulling out? Yo, I guess my first hope is that this regional is actually played in Coral Gables. I was reading some stuff on Twitter today about how a a tropical storm is supposed to come through Miami this weekend, and they may have to change location. and. God forbid it be Oxford, and they somehow not only get in the tournament, but get to host after one of their worst years in a while. Wow. But, so that would be a, a very old Miss thing to happen with, Absolutely. with their luck. But um, I'm going to go with the Hurricanes here. I didn't realize so recently that they'd put out, they put out Ole Miss twice in, in June before, um, both mm-hmm. in Miami too, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the chalk here. They've played pretty consistent in the ACC all year long. 
Absolutely. I don't want uh, Miami to win. I would love for us right. to win and be able to host a regional, a super regional. But I really feel like they're the best team in this uh, in this bracket. The only other team, you know, Arizona may pull out some wins. I don't know. I think they maybe they force a, a second game or that Monday night game. But I think it'll be Miami in the long run. I'm not going to ask y'all who you think will win the Southern Miss Regional because if you answer wrong, then I'm going to have to kick you off the podcast. So yeah, we're just it's the uh, Golden Eagles. That's baby. right. We're going to skip it and we're going to come down to Auburn, number one seed versus the number two seed UCLA. It's a long way to travel, and then Florida State and Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, Lane, who you got? So I've mulled over this one a little bit. Well, I know we talked about this last night, who we were picking for all these. And this one is, is kind of tricky to me. Uh, I was leaning Auburn for a while. And I don't mean to just skip right over UCLA here, but I think Florida State's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go Florida State. All right. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, ever since it kind of looked like we were on the hosting project trajectory, trajectory, whatever the word is there, <laughs> um, I was kind of eyeballing that I'm a more of a worst-case scenario kind of thinker mm. for whatever reason, uh, and I was kind of thinking we'd get an SEC 2 and Florida State or 3 or vice versa, and Florida State is a team I do not want to see in June at all. They've got two lefties that we saw in the regional last year, mm-hmm. um, and Hubbard and Parker Messick, who both have – awesome numbers and that that one that's the kind of one-two punch that can get you past just about anybody in june and i think that's enough for them to, to get through this auburn regional i think it's it is anybody's game including southeastern who can get hot uh, we've mm-hmm. seen four seats get out of regionals before um, i think this, this is a really tough one for sure but mm-hmm. i'll take florida state too I, I i agree i take florida state too and and you're right last year the old miss regional was the toughest regional in my opinion and I'm not just saying that because Southern Miss was in it, but from, I mean, any of those four seeds could have been a number one or number two anywhere else. That um, was a tough, tough regional last year. All right, last bracket we got Oregon State as a number one seed against uh, the Vandy Whistler himself and the number two seed, and the uh, three seed is San Diego and four seed is New Mexico State. Uh, Lane, who you got, man? It feels really weird picking against Vanderbilt, but I this isn't the same Vanderbilt team, I think, that we've seen in the past. I'm going Oregon State here, um, especially in Corvallis. It's it's a tough place to play, so I'm going to go Oregon State. Okay, and uh, Jonathan, what about you? I'm going to take the Beavers, too. I think that um, while the, the Whistler may jump on a cross-country flight to Corvallis, I don't think that that Vandy's going to travel quite like LSU would when they were in Oregon last year. Um, I think that uh, Oregon State's had an insanely great year. They've been that team that's that's been flip-flopping that 2C with Virginia Tech all year, and that I think they, they have enough to get through this regional for sure at their home park. I agree, and I'm going to uh, throw in, I think it's going to be San Diego from this uh, bracket. I think Fighting Bill McGillis's. I, I, yeah, exactly. I think, uh, I think that Bill's got that team. I got a coach. They're in a, a regional. I, I think it's going to be San Diego pulls out of this one. I think they beat Oregon State and Vanderbilt. Chuck, you've made some risky picks tonight, man. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. 
You're, that you're living on the edge, dude. I'm on the edge. Yep. That's where I live, man. Well, guys, I think we've we've covered a lot of baseball tonight. And uh, listeners, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, Jonathan, special thank you for being a guest. We hope you come back very, very soon, especially if we win. Uh, you'll have to come on for the Super Regional because we got to keep everything the same. Absolutely. I'm all, all for the, the good luck. I hope it, it, I'm luck of the good kind, not the other kind this weekend. We'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciated having you. Yes, and I want to also, also give a big shout-out to our media tech guru, Mr. Pate Faggard, who makes us sound and look good, um, as good as me and Lane could possibly look. That's uh, right. So thank you, tech guru, Pate Faggard, who's on the uh, other end of this recording and editing and doing all the hard work, doing the stuff that, that me and Lane cannot do. So and don't thank you. want to do. <laughs> and don't want to do. So thank you, Pate. <laughs> thank uh, you, Pate. Um, and thank you, listeners. Please like, subscribe, listen, and um, tune in next week. we got a very special uh, guest coming on. We can't wait to talk to you again. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the top. top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles podcast. Touchdown!